If you know anyone who is Scots, bolster your knowledge of their culture by letting them know it is Burns Night. This is the day in 1759 when Robert Burns was born, but not the day he started writing poetry. Perhaps somewhere out there, someone will write something today that will be remembered 200 years from now. It likely will not be this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, but Mousy. Thou art know thy lane and proven foresight may be vain, the best laid schemes of mice and men gang after glee. On today's program, political newcomers and veterans alike have filed for the open position on the Charlottesville City Council. Elizabeth Cromwell is leaving as CEO and President of the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce, and Andrea Copeland will serve as interim while a search is conducted. The General Assembly has been meeting for two weeks as of today, and I have a very quick status roundup and news of several businesses in Albemarle County. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Tiger Fuel Company wants you to consider support for the UVA Strong Fund, set up by the University of Virginia Alumni Association to honor the victims and support the survivors and families of the events of November 13th. Tiger Fuel recently made a $25,000 holiday donation to the fund, which honors the lives of Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. You can also make a contribution today by visiting giving.virginia.edu slash UVA strong. There are still five days to apply to be considered by the four remaining members of City Council to join them on the dais to replace former City Councilor Cena McGill. Council will hold a public hearing in February and must make a selection within 45 days of the official start of the vacancy. Yesterday, the city released the names of eight people who have filed to fill the position. They include one former city councilor, one former planning commissioner, and one former school board member. Here they are in alphabetical order. Alex Bryant has lived in Charlottesville for 12 years and has worked as the executive director of the Ix Park as well as managing director of the TomTom Tom Foundation. He said he has spent a lot of time researching problems and solutions in cities the same size as Charlottesville. Don Dunham III has lived here for a total of 10 years with an engineering degree from the University of Virginia. Dunham is the CEO of Cavalier Professional Services. He said he and his wife plan to spend the rest of their lives here, and he claims a lot of experience working in affordable housing. James Guidry has lived in Charlottesville for two and a half months and is a clinical manager at University of Virginia Imaging. He said he wants to get involved in making Charlottesville prosperous through planning and building a better future for everyone. John Edward Hall has lived in Charlottesville for 40 years and ran for council in 2017 and placed sixth in a six-way race. His resume lists many medical inventions and a petition of signatures that he submitted lists his ballot name as John E. The Ringer Hall. Leah Perrier has lived in the city for over 40 years and served for 15 years on the Charlottesville School Board. 
She is the director of the Upward Bound program at the University of Virginia. John Santosky said he has lived in Charlottesville for over 30 years and served on both the school board and the planning commission. He's also the executive director of the Ark of the Piedmont. Kristen Zakos has lived in Charlottesville since 1994 and served two terms on council from 2010 to 2017. She said she would not seek to run for a full term and said her experience as a counselor would be valuable in passing a budget and overseeing the zoning rewrite that's underway. Christopher Valton has lived in the city for two years. He attended the University of Virginia and retired here after a career in the municipal bond industry. You can still apply if you like. There's a link in the newsletter. And if you haven't applied, why not? They're waiting for you. The president and CEO of the Charlottesville Regional Chamber of Commerce has announced she will step down from the position after more than four years. Elizabeth Cromwell's last day on the job will be February 17th. In a press release, she is quoted as saying that the time is right to take on new challenges. She said she's grateful to the board, the chamber staff, the many volunteers, and chamber members for all of her experiences here. Cromwell will be moving to Massachusetts to assist with the opening of an autism center on Martha's Vineyard. In her place will step Andrea Copeland as interim president while a search is conducted for a replacement. Copeland is the chamber's director of committee engagement and has worked for the chamber since 2007 when she began as a volunteer. She became director of member education services in 2012. It seems like it was just yesterday when the 2023 General Assembly began. In fact, it was 13 yesterdays ago. This newsletter mostly focuses on things around Albemarle and Charlottesville, but it's important for anyone interested in public policy to keep one eye on what's happening in Richmond. So far, the House of Delegates has passed 48 bills, and the Senate has passed 88 bills. 97 bills have failed in the House, and 151 have not made it out of the Senate. That leaves 1,113 pending in the House and 692 awaiting action in the Senate. This does not include joint resolutions, and it is likely out of date by the time you hear this. Here's some of what is still pending. The full House of Delegates has unanimously passed a bill to require the Department of Taxation to publish a list of all of the different transient occupancy tax rates for each locality in Virginia. A bill to extend the compliance date for the Chesapeake Bay TMDL has passed the full House of Delegates. The original deadline was 2026, but if this legislation becomes law, it will be extended to 2030. HB 1485 passed on a 52 to 47 vote. The bill specifically makes provisions for the agricultural sector, which are not on track to make the necessary pollution reductions in time. The House Courts of Justice Committee has reported out a bill that would allow law enforcement officers to once again pull over motorists for broken brake lights and other issues with their vehicles. The vote was on a 10 to 9 margin. That's on SB 1380. A bill to create a higher standard to make bail in certain instances was also reported out of the Courts of Justice Committee on a 10 to 9 vote. A bill to repeal requirements for a program for low-emissions vehicles after 2025 has been read twice now by the full House. 
1378 was reported out of the Agriculture, Chesapeake, and Natural Resources Committee last week on a 12-10 to 10 vote. A bill to require every school principal to create a catalog of all library materials and compile a publicly available spreadsheet which denotes every item that contains graphical sexual content as defined in the bill. This was reported out of the House Education Committee last week and read by the full House on January 10th. It's been passed by twice so far while waiting for a second reading. The House has also held one reading on a similar bill to require the Department of Education to come up with model policies on the removal of books and other objects deemed objectionable for sexual reasons. A bill to expand the eligibility for the Brown v. Board of Education Scholarship Program has been reported out of an education subcommittee in the House. A subcommittee of the House Privileges and Elections Committee has recommended a bill that would require photo ID to be presented before voters before casting a ballot. There were some substitutes. A bill to allow Albemarle and Charlottesville to hold a referendum on a sales tax increase for public schools passed the full Senate Monday on a 27 to 10 vote. And finally, a bill to expand the moratorium on cities annexing counties from 24 to 2032 has been reported out of a committee of the Committee on Counties, Cities, and Towns. For now, anyone who seeks to do business in Albemarle has to check with community development to make sure the use is permitted in that location. A review of these zoning clearances can yield a lot of information, and here's some of what I've learned this week. A Carytown tobacco franchise has been approved for a 1,500-square-foot unit within the 5th Street Landing Complex on 5th Street Extended. This is in the same center as a Starbucks and a Christian's Pizza. The county approved this use on January 17th, but noted that a building permit is still needed for the unfinished space. Community development staff have also signed off on a zoning clearance for Praha Bohemian Bakery and Cafe in the former Crozet Tack and Saddle space at 5778 Three Notched Road. You can learn more about this venture in a January 16th article in the Crozet Gazette. A non-contact program called Rock Steady Boxing wants to operate in 2,500 square feet of space formerly held by the Charlottesville Ballet on US-29. The application describes the program as being for people with Parkinson's disease. And finally, a nonprofit group has filed for a clearance to operate a dance space in Fashion Square Mall in the space where a Charlotte Roos franchise formerly operated. This would be for a private club. More of these little tidbits from Albemarle County and beyond in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement, if I get better at this. And that is going to be the end of this installment. I am skipping over the sponsored ad because I'm doing an experiment. Uh, I did, I do now have a print ad that's in the newsletter, but it's not necessarily in the podcast. Uh, this is what's called segmentation, perhaps. It's not. I just made that up. I'm making up all of this, and this one is a little shorter than usually, but yesterday I was able to produce one relatively early and get on with my day, and today I'm going to attempt to make it to a meeting today at 10.30 a.m. 
uh, and get this info out to you as quickly as I can and then start writing another one for tomorrow so I could be here in 23 hours hopefully recording this again for you in the morning. Thank you to all of the subscribers who read and listen, but especially thank you to those who are contributing either Substack, Patreon, or some other way of contributing. One person last week sent in a check to cover a paid subscription on Substack, becoming one of the over 500 people and entities that are contributing something. And of course, there's the role that Ting plays in making this happen. They will match the initial payment of any Substack subscriber. They do this to support this style of community journalism, written by someone who has been writing about it for a long time and can't seem to stop. Most of my career comes through reader or listener contributions, and long may this continue. I'll hold up my end of the bargain by doing as much work as I can because I do love to do it, and what you will get is a lot of information. And uh, I do will include this sponsorship. If you want to upgrade your internet so you can download things faster, consider Ting. And if you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you will get free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Thanks again to the Bracky. Uh, you might have heard a little uh, tidbit in the last one if you go back and listen to that. Um, it's not really worth it, but the sound's going to be great when I do have it in. I'm not there yet. My name is Sean Tubbs. I am the host of this program, and you are the listener of this program. And to the, let's just start clapping. Wherever you are, let's just start. All right. Good for us. We made it to the end of another one. Goodbye. Goodbye.